Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Morning of Men Sports Podcast. Make sure you are subscribed on SoundCloud.com, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. I got a loaded show for you all today. So without any further delay, let's get started. So of the first five city-based franchises, Activision has announced that Los Angeles and Minnesota will also compete in the first franchise league in Call of Duty history. Los Angeles will be led by Immortals Gaming Club's Optic Gaming, while Minnesota will be headed up by Wise Ventures, a fund based in Manhattan, who lists popular entrepreneur Gary Vaynerchuk as an investor. CEO of Activision Blizzard, Bobby Kodak, welcomed the move, stating, I'm excited to welcome the newest teams, LA and Minnesota, to our incredible lineup, Atlanta, Dallas, New York, Paris, and Toronto for Call of Duty Esports. Together, the ownership groups represent some of the very best organizations in esports and traditional sports who will join us in paving the way for the future of professional city-based competition for Call of Duty. Fans of Optic will be pleased to see the team competing in Call of Duty next year with the CEO of Immortals Gaming Club, Ari Sagal, if I'm pronouncing it right. Don't want to be butchering your name too much, so I'll just call you Ari. Recognizing the importance of their participation. By participating in the city-based model, we recognize the opportunity that the new Call of Duty Esports League creates for us to tap into to existing sources of affinity, regional or city-based pride, and affinity of Call of Duty itself. Call of Duty League will also allows us to scale the relationships we've been Fortunate to build with both Activision Blizzard Esports leadership and senior management into a new and largely distinct market segment. On the other hand, Jonath Wilf of Wise Ventures also expressed his excitement at the long-term vision that Minnesota are looking to create in the newly formed league. Wolf said esports and competitive gaming has clearly emerged as a major force in the sports and entertainment industry. We have explored various opportunities in esports over the past few years, and we believe that the new Call of Duty Esports League is well positioned for long-term success. Uh, going in the right direction here, guys, I believe that Call of Duty is not going nowhere because... Activision is not going to spend this money on city-based teams for for it to just die out in like a few years. That's not going to happen. And with the right move that Call of Duty is making now, going to Modern Warfare, 
it's going to impact everything, not just the esports side of things. It's going to impact a vast majority of things, you know, sales, you know, and how even now, now these days, movie critics are now considering games as a movie because of the cinematic universe. But trying to stay into the fact of esports right here, uh, I believe this is going to be just like an Overwatch League or even bigger. And then Overwatch League can go off of what the success that Call of Duty War League is going to go to. Because right now, I'm currently watching a lot of the Optic and Hurtic matchups right now on the CWO Pro League on MLGapp.com. And hey, there's like, I know already 20,000 viewers. Just for that match itself, and on, on the MLG app, but now on Twitch, I don't know. I really don't watch anything on Twitch much, not unless it is the Atlanta Rain playing in the Overwatch League. But uh, just come in February, whenever everything is a, going to be a huge start, I will be covering the Atlanta team. So definitely I will let you all know about that. I will mention the other teams like Dallas, New York, Paris, and Toronto. But I'm going to be more focused on the Atlanta team right here, guys. Definitely I'm an Atlanta native myself. I love really a lot of Atlanta sports. Uh, I've been watching some of the Braves. Been been getting it on ESPN here lately. And, uh, and I love that. So uh, go Braves. Hopefully, you know, we can do something. I'm not going to get my hopes up. But... Hopefully we can do something and uh, just going from there. But definitely, this is a right step in the um, a right step in the. Or I'm getting so sidetracked here. This is the right step that Activision needs to take. It's going to a city-based teams like the Overwatch League did and promote, 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 promote. Modern Warfare to the fullest potential and make it to where people are going to be interested in going into the CWL and like, oh, wow, you know, these are like all-star teams right here. I will be going over here sooner or later. I don't know when, probably whenever it gets closer to the Modern Warfare release here in October, I will be going over like certain things that I would love to see potentially in the new Call of Duty World League city-based franchise system. Uh, so I definitely don't want to be spoiling that for anybody that is listening to this podcast right now. So, guys, that is it for that part of the subject. Now, let's move on to our next. As part of our next subject, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be discussing Monday Night Raw as part of today's recap. Yes, I know it's Friday, but guys... Raw was amazing this week. SmackDown was great. Uh, I did like a few little changes that were made, but nothing just too dramatic for the, for that part. Um, I I am glad that Heavy Machinery is finally getting a spotlight within the tag team division. I really do like that. But the main subject that everybody is talking about is. Monday Night Raw of how great it was. And so, so I'm going to go through it right here with you guys. So, start off Monday Night Raw. There was no 10, 20, 30, half, 
you know, or even an hour promo cut to start off the show. It was big guy versus big guy. And I'm, you know who I'm talking about, Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman. And it was not no arm wrestling match or tug of war match or, you know, weightlifting contest. It was nothing like that. It was what we, the fans wanted this entire time, which was a one-on-one match. And to make it even more interesting, it was a falls count anywhere match. So, you now you got Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman actually getting physical during the match going out in you know in the crowd area uh, a little bit backstage and then what even made it more interesting was whenever Braun Strowman speared Bobby Lashley through the uh, LED board and the like the pyro or yeah really like kind of like the pyro was going off and just made it that more dramatic and. And I'm not afraid to say it on this podcast right here, but Corey Graves saying, you know, holy shit, you know, just like stuff like that. I'm like, oh my goodness, we are actually doing something right for once here on Monday Night Raw. And, and then, you know, just later on in the show, you're cutting into the 24-7 championship, which I like that because Yes, we did feature the 24-7 championship a little bit here and there before Paul Heyman became executive director of Monday Night Raw. But now with him being executive director, I feel like we're going to get more of the 24-7 championship featured on Monday Night Raw. Um, and then, of course, the NXT stars, um, the the Brooklyn Chasers, or I cannot pronounce their names because I don't know. Really, their name's all that good because I don't watch NXT. And so they came along, uh, Ricochet. Ricochet versus AJ Styles for the United States Championship as the main event of Monday Night Raw. You normally never see that on a typical Monday night. Or even a SmackDown. You never see that. And so I really like the decision to go with a main event being a U.S. title match. It it's, it's changes up the game and how you look at certain stars. Uh, AJ turning heel, of course, on Ricochet. The Good Brothers, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, uh, turning heel as well, forming the club, or as everybody knows it, the Bullet Club. Now we just need Finn Balor turning heel and coming, and coming back, so... I wouldn't be surprised about that, but right now, uh, stick with AJ, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson as, you know, the club, because this could definitely be something that, you know, a lot of, like, three-man tag teams does not want to reckon with. Now, the only concern I will have going with AJ turning heel is keep him heel. Don't let him, like, one week... Uh, I'm so sorry, Ricochet. I never meant to do it. And, and then, you know, like five minutes later backstage, you know, he's just brutally attacking Ricochet. Don't do that because then you're just beating the purpose of what you did from the beginning of attacking Ricochet after the U.S. title match. Uh, the heels definitely look strong. Uh, because normally Vince, you know, he would play them off as kind of like a, Babyface, but he still considered him heel. And the crowd, and, and that's a lot of the reasons why, you know, 
Even Miz, when he was so-called a heel, people still loved him because he still chanted with the fans. And, you know, he got along with them. But now Miz is full babyface. And... That, and, 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 and I know I'm going off subject right here, but it's still, well, it's still sort of on subject with, but with, with, oh, excuse me, but with the Miz. And that is turn him back heel because I'm not getting behind this baby face Miz of all of a sudden. Yes, you know, he's been baby face really since, oh my goodness, uh, I know Royal Rumble. Yeah, I know. I yeah, since Royal Rumble. Ever since then, he's been a babyface since the Royal Rumble, and I, I just, I just don't like it because I'm so used to the Miz. Like when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut, or just, just something stupid where you know he plays a heel so well. Um, but if, but turning Miss Hill, I think would definitely be a right decision to go back and putting the WWE title on him or hell, even the universal title would be great on the Miz and let him have that last reign of glory because I think his contract comes up next year or two years from now. So within that time frame, you definitely need to put him in a title match opportunity and let him win as a heel instead of a baby face or let him win as a baby face and then turn him heel by, you know, doing something heel like after winning the title against, you know, like Finn Balor or uh, Seth Rollins, you know, just, just something crazy like that because then you go into the match with two baby faces and then the outcome will be your heel as a champion. All right. So back on track here, guys. So, Again, the heels looked very heelish. They played it so well. Uh, like Samoa Joe making Kofi Kingston sleep. I loved it. You know, it makes Samoa Joe look unbeatable now because him making Kofi Kingston go to sleep and, you know, and just doing other Samoa Joe heel things is what makes Samoa Joe so great. Uh, the Maria Canellas and, um, not Mike Evans, or is it Mike Evans? I don't know, but, uh, but the Maria Canellas segment was pretty good. I did like it. It's something new for WWE, uh, going into like this fraternity segment now with Maria, uh, saying that, yes, I'm pregnant again, so don't hit me. And, um, whatever her husband's name is. I'm so ashamed of you being the father to my kids. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> this is like just freaking brand new. Uh, I did like that. Now with uh, Becky and Seth Rollins, uh, I'm I'm just flip-flopping everywhere because, you know, I'm, I, I, I do these podcasts off the top of my head. I don't have a script right in front of me. But Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch, after this segment is over with, with Baron Corbin and um, Lacey Evans. I want to kind of keep them too far apart. I don't want them nowhere near each other anymore because Becky Lynch. Yes, I, I I still love Becky Lynch. You know, oh my goodness, you know. But in anyway, so 
Becky Lynch, to me, you know, calling now everybody just dopes instead of, you know, like some kind of like actual, like real bad name. It's just getting boring now and making those weird noises towards Seth is kind of like, oh my God, this is so awkward. You know, if, if anybody's ever seen the, uh, the office, you know what I'm talking about, where it was awkward, where I think Michael and Jen or Jan, excuse me, were at their house and they invited Jim, Pam, Dwight and his babysitter <laughs> over to, to eat for the night and they were just like fussing and fighting and it was just so awkward that's how that was that's how i felt whenever becky lynch was making those weird you know noises towards seth rollins like oh my god you know do i do i leave or you know what do i need to do but i think the reason why becky lynch and and it and it's something to do with like the relationship because in the relationship, you know, behind the cameras, behind closed doors, you know, they could act, you know, you know, dirty, naughty, uh, say whatever, you know, whatever they want. And, and they know that they're on camera and WWE's trying, is telling them, be like you are behind closed doors or behind, behind the scenes. And they know the cameras on them and they're trying to act like they're, you know, like, in San Diego taking a vacation or whatever. It's not happening and they're trying their their darnest to make it look normal and it's not normal. Um and a little side note, I do like Becky Lynch's Twitter profile picture with Seth Rollins smiling and having the uh the orange hair. I, I do love that. That is uh very neat. Um Cenzaro and No Way Jose I, I'm glad to see No Way Jose. I was concerned about him. V- very was. I was very concerned about No Way Jose. I was like, oh my God, where's that dude? Where Where's he at? You know, I want No Way Jose. And um, then, you know, Monday Night Raw came up and boom, there he was dancing. But the, the match just really just didn't make no sense. Maybe we could go somewhere with No Way Jose, you know, not put him against Cesaro or anything back again. That was just like a little warm up for Cesaro just to, you know, like, hey, look, you know, I got to get paid some way somehow. So let me fight No Way Jose or something to Vince. But putting No Way Jose in kind of like a high, no, I wouldn't say high mid, I mean, a high low card. I would say a mid low card status. And just let him work his way up. A great opponent for him to really start working with, me personally, I think would be Apollo Crews. And then working his way up. Uh, and then after that, we got the, if I pronounce this right, the Firehouse Fun, no, Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, Fire Firefly Funhouse. Uh, we did get a little Easter eggs throughout the arena. And, but I've noticed something though. It's mostly on the Miz and Elias. So it makes me wonder, are we going to have a feud between either Elias and the new Bray Wyatt or the new Bray Wyatt versus the Miz? I, I really don't know. But that, that is something that was pointed out to me. And, and, and I had to go back through some old Monday night raw tapings whenever they started putting like the dolls like mercy and buzzard 
you know, in the arena, you know, at certain spots. And, and I did notice it. Oh my God. This is mostly looking at Miz or Elias. I would say Elias out of this whole entire situation. Cause he ain't got nothing to do. Miz. I could see them possibly doing something as well. Uh, with Bray Wyatt, the new Bray Wyatt. Cause neither one of them are doing nothing right now in WWE. Just, you know, cutting a few little promos. Miz is still stuck on uh, Shane McMahon, and I'm getting so tired of it, and I'm getting tired of just Shane McMahon in general. Uh, oh, and the and the Undertaker. I did like the fact that the Undertaker showed up on Monday Night Raw and sort of explained why he was after Shane. He he. And he didn't really say much about Drew. The only thing he did say about Drew McIntyre was that, you know, um, that none of you are going to rest in peace. And I'm going to here to collect, you know, Shane and Drew's souls. But he was mostly focused on Shane McMahon because The Undertaker, again, sort of explained it, saying, I had a little bit of respect for you, Shane McMahon, after our brutal Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania. And now you have a self ego that is way bigger than you. And you think you're just, you know, better than everybody. And I'm here to kind of like deflate you and for undertaker. And now this is even, you know, brutal for the, even for the undertaker say it, saying something like, um, something about death, something like, you know, you're, you're on your way to kill yourself or something like that. And I'm like, Oh my God. You know, Undertaker really has never said anything about death or killing until now. And I'm like, oh, wow, this this is really like a Paul Heyman Raw right here. And um, so to recap Monday Night Raw, I really loved it. I actually give the show a B plus. And the only reason it's a B plus is because of the Cesaro Noe Jose match and then the Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, you know, just coming out. Doing like, you know, well, somewhat normal boyfriend and girlfriend cute little stuff. I, I just didn't like it that much. But other than that, the show was great. B plus for me. So that I, I would put that at like a 88 if I had to give it a score from zero to a hundred. Uh, and again, uh, going back to the start of this segment right here for the Morgan Source podcast. Like I said, SmackDown was great, but it wasn't like the Monday Night Raw great. And the only reason that is, guys, is because of Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff just does not work during the the 4th of July week. He just absolutely does not. And I listened to 83 Weeks Monday, and he said that he's going to be leaving to, uh, leaving to go live in Connecticut here July 10th or 11th, if I'm not mistaken. So really around that time is when we're going to start noticing a difference within the Eric Bischoff Smackdown. Uh, it might be, it might be the week of extreme rules. Who, who knows? But Eric Bischoff, I do trust running Smackdown. I always consider Smackdown the, a, the A show, but everybody else says it is the the B show. So I'm just going to go along with everybody else. But Eric Bischoff does kind of have his hands full with the so-called B show because there's not really 
I mean, there is talent on there, and there are big names, a.k.a. Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, The New Day, you know, just, and, and you know, of course, Finn Balor, KO, and Dolph Ziggler. So I feel like with Eric Bischoff coming into the situation with those big name stars, he's going to use those, and he's going to start using some of the the former NXT rookies that are now on the main roster more specifically over on SmackDown and start using them as a story. Eric Bischoff to me is more of the storyteller and do it in the ring kind of tell the story. Unlike Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman, he could do a lot of things, including tell a story, but also make the scenery more impactful. So both both shows are going to be great. I really believe they are. Uh, both of them are going to succeed, I do believe. Uh, but Money in All, of course, is going to have the edge because of Paul Heyman being in WWE, like currently now, longer than Eric Bischoff because it's been 20 years since we've had Eric Bischoff in a WWE ring or just WWE coming in general. And. And I just believe that, again, like Monday Night Raw is going to have that slight edge over SmackDown because of it being run by Paul Heyman. But SmackDown will be very close because, again, Eric Bischoff on 83 weeks, if you really pay attention and listen to the whole thing, you know, uh, not Bruce Pritchard, Comrade Thompson, he will ask Eric, you know, before he, you know, Eric Bischoff signed with the WWE, uh, Eric, you know, what, what would you have what would you have done in this certain situation if it were you running WWE today? And then Eric would give his honest answer. So guys, uh, that is all I have for today. I sure hope you did enjoy today's podcast. It's a very lengthy one. And I am very proud of that because I need to talk a little bit more longer on these podcasts and just really work on producing the most content for you guys. Cause I know, uh, a lot of you guys have a long drive or long workouts and you would like to hear some very great quality content. And that's what I'm here to provide to you all. So guys, again, hope you all enjoyed today's podcast. If you didn't make sure the like button on Spotify, Google podcast and soundcloud.com. And don't forget to check me out on youtube.com because over there I have a lot of Falcons videos. I have a few CWL and overwatch league videos that I am posting over there. And also don't forget to check me out on my official Wix website, www.themorganmanshow20.wixsite.com. I almost forgot it there for a second. But anyways, I'll have all that linked down in the description below for you guys to check it out. Till then, guys, I, come Morgan, will catch you all later. Peace. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify... 
you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors.